When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. These Marvel and DC shows are just, they hitting me right in the feels this week. The feels, F-E-E-L-Z, the feels. I don't know what to do right now. I am a roller coaster of emotion. I'm a waterfall. I'm cascading. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. I don't know what to do after this week. I'm just, oh boy, Lord have mercy. R.I.P. Chad with Bozeman. I don't know what else to say to y'all. Listen, let's go ahead and get into the episode. It's your weekly scripted episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Oh my God, I, boy, this, this week has been some hard TV viewing. Okay. I mean, some of y'all listen, I'm going to talk about Titans for just a little bit, not too long. Cause 
it was three episodes. They dropped three episodes. I loved all three episodes, first of all. Like, Titans is doing what the hell they need to do. I'm glad HBO Max has taken over the reins. You know, HBO rarely ever fails us. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these, child, some of these damn reboots now, okay? It's okay, but I ain't gonna name nobody in particular. Gossip Girl. But, you know, they doing what they need to do. I am loving, I've, I've always been a Titans fan, though. But I'm loving this season of Titans. It just, it's, it's flowing, it's... The, the stunts and everything, I'm just, I'm really loving it. Before I get into all that, though, and what if, of course, because that was another uh, another hard one to kind of digest. <sighs> Let me tell y'all, I didn't put out an unscripted episode this week. Why? Because I was out of town. Now listen, y'all gonna let me take a damn vacation, okay? <laughs> y'all just gonna have to let me do it. Y'all got to bear with me. I was out of town. It was my cousin's birthday. Usually... Me and my cousin, our birthdays are so close. I usually travel every year for my birthday, but I let her have the reins this year. So we all just took a, a quick weekend trip up to Nashville. So like I was off work Friday and Monday, you know, we went up there, came on back. Listen, we did what we needed to do. Okay. Ain't no, re the restaurants didn't know what to do when we walked in there. Okay. We was nine deep. We was in them bitches eating like we didn't know how to, like we ain't never ate before. It was a mess. Macaroni. Fried chicken, steaks, collard greens, bing, everything, whatever you can imagine. Damn it, we was eating. Whew. And we you know, we, of course, I found me a, a seafood ball bag up there for Friday night. It was amazing. I'm not going to bore y'all with the details. But that's the reason I didn't have an unscripted episode this week. And there was some good reality TV next week. But boy, oh boy, you know I record these episodes the day What If comes out. Yes, I've seen the new episodes of Beverly Hills. I am definitely going to be talking about it. And oh boy, that was that was that was something else right there. I also I'm not gonna tell y'all how. Don't worry about it. Got a little sneak peek. Just a little bit of I didn't I haven't seen the whole thing, but a little sneaky peeky poo. Of the first episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the new season. And let me tell y'all, that opening, whoo-wee, that, that gave me what I needed. It gave me what I needed. I do not think we're going to be disappointed. We love the first season. This season can only be better. I cannot wait. There was another thing I got to see, and I'm not going <laughs> I'm not going to ruin nothing for y'all because if you listen to this episode, you might not even, you know, watch the reality TV. You might not even listen to those episodes. I don't know, but I'm just rambling. I just, I'm a happy camper because that Beverly Hills episode, it made me so uncomfortable that I loved every moment of it. Okay. Titans. Titans. I'm fucking loving. I'm not, <laughs> it's a lot going on that they need to kind of, you know, explain to us. But I'm sure, you know, we've only gotten three episodes. It's going to develop. I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops. Let me just hit a couple of the things that, because I'll start. So what I'm going to start doing is next week, I'll start doing the recap of the new episode. Assuming it's going to be one every week, you know, going forward. So I'll do the what if in the first half of the episode. Then I'll do the new Titans episode in the second half. So y'all, you know, you'll get both. A lot of y'all have been in my DMs asking, are you doing Titans? Are you doing Titans? Are you doing Titans? Yes, I'm going to do Titans. 
This week, I'm not covering it the way I usually would because it was three damn episodes. We've been here all day, and I didn't have the time because I was out of town, okay? So we'll pick up with episode four. We'll do episode three of What If next week, and we just have a good old time, okay? Don't worry about it. Don't ask me. Ask your mammy, okay? If you haven't watched the first three episodes of Titans on HBO Max. Well, first of all, if you haven't watched the first two damn seasons of Titans, go do that first. That, that'll probably be a good idea. But if you, you know, if you've watched or you just want to jump right in and you haven't watched the first three episodes of the new season, season three of Titans, then just go ahead and, you know, skip forward some. Just, you know, I'll I'll, I'll talk about what if soon enough. I'm going to break down an episode. I loved that episode of what if it was everything I wanted it to be and I got plenty of thoughts on it so if you don't want any you know spoilers on titans right now just just skip ahead just skip ahead maybe I'll try to put in the show notes you know when I start talking about what if but I'm gonna start I'm gonna go ahead and give you a couple of my just broader thoughts about the first three episodes of titans first things first red hood jason todd has lost his damn mind, okay? <laughs> we all know Red Hood from the comics. Listen, Jason Todd went and got supposedly killed by the Joker. And, oh boy, he comes back and he's just a whole nother person. Now he, you know, he don't want to be a Titan no more. Now he's uh, killing as many people as he can. He especially, I'm going to talk about the next character next, but, oh boy, I, he, I'm so upset with Jason Todd right now. I don't know what to do. Mostly because I love Alan Richardson and I love his take on Hawk. Pretty much, that's pretty much my whole thing. I mean, plus Alan Richardson has the the body of a god. But they did let us see him naked one more time, so that was <laughs> that was amazing. So we'll you know we'll we'll skip past that, okay? Jason Todd, Batman lost his shit when he found out that Jason Todd had been killed. He went out on a murdering spree. He killed the Joker, supposedly. Yeah, I'm saying supposedly because we don't. You never really know what happens in DC Comics. You don't know if somebody's coming back from the dead. You don't know if somebody uh, is just in hiding. You don't really know. We ended this episode three with, of course, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We ended it with uh, Alan Richardson's character Hawk end up getting killed big explosion boom dove is the reason and oh boy hank oh hank hank my hank but we don't even know like i feel like even though dying in an explosion with a bomb strapped to your chest i feel like that's pretty definitive but i can't really just say for sure that he's dead. I don't feel comfortable in doing that. If uh, soap operas and comic book movies and shows have taught me anything, it's that nobody ever died in history ever. So I'm just going to assume that he's alive for now, even though I'm pretty sure he's dead. I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that Hawk and Dove had a spinoff coming. Maybe it's a prequel, or maybe I'm just lying. Did I make that up? Maybe I made it up. I don't know. I could have sworn they had a little, you know, yin, 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 round the house coming. You know, they got Peacemaker coming and child, everybody else. They say Black Canary got a damn show coming too. I hope so. I love Birds of Prey. I'm I'm not going to let y'all do Birds of Prey wrong. I love Birds of Prey. I hope it's true. I hope Canary. I hope uh, Journey Smith, uh, Smollett's uh, Justice sister. I hope, you know, a justice for her because I, I love the movie. I love the character. They be... 
DC would be pretty dumb to let go of those characters that were so well received by the audience. You know, a lot of people, of course, it was a, a all female movie mostly, so they weren't going to give it a chance anyway. But the people that actually enjoyed it and enjoy comic book movies, they loved the movie, so they'd be stupid not to actually, you know, they'd be stupid not to use those characters in future projects. All that to say, I don't know if Hawk and Dove have something coming up, but. If they do, I'm going to watch it. I'm sure to be a prequel. I get so damn tired of these damn prequel shows when you already, you know, told me the character's dead, but whatever. Black Widow. I'm just playing. I love Black Widow. Let me not do that. <laughs> Raven has not yet appeared in any of the first three episodes. So apparently her ass is still off in Themyscira pretending to be an Amazon. I don't know what she going to come back with. I thought she had to be born there to have them kind of, you know, powers. But I guess, you know, since she got... Child, whatever damn magic she got. I guess then she'll she'll come back stronger and flexible and, you know, uh dodging bullets like Wonder Woman. I don't know. We'll see how how it turns out, but I wanted to note that she's not in any of those episodes, so I don't know when she's supposed to appear. I'm pretty sure she's been seen in a lot of photos, so I think she recorded season three. I don't really know. I'm just speculating, but I could have sworn I saw pictures of her actually on set. So we'll see. They've got Beast Boy and uh, Connor, a.k.a. Subject 13 or whatever, a.k.a. Superboy. They've got them being like this little dynamic duo now. Now uh, Connor is used for, you know how you have those TV shows like CSI and all that stuff where they have the one computer guy, like I'm on a cap, and he goes and like, you know, he's I, I entered the perimeter in the, of the base and I see that, you know, they're over there by the, the harbor and, and you know all that kind of shit. That's the role they've got Superboy in now. I guess he's still using his powers for whatever, but I don't know. It, it seems like they're using them for, like, the tech guy, which, okay, cool. You're super smart. They built you in a lab, but you're super strong, too. So I hope we get some amazing Superboy fight scenes this season. Man, if we got a Superman appearance on this show, that would be so dope, but we know this is a whole other universe, so it definitely wouldn't be Henry Cavill. It would be somebody else, but, hey, they say Michael B. Jordan want to be the black Superman, so he'll let his ass pop up. That'll be fine with me. Now, I don't know how he, they would make that work when... Oh, boy, I don't know how they make that work if, uh, you know, he's supposed to be half Lex Luthor, half Superman. I don't know. I don't know how that work. I, <laughs> I didn't go to school for biologists, so I don't know if two men can make a baby. I don't know if a white man and a black man make a white baby. I don't know how that work, but that ain't none of my business, okay? I went to school and got my damn MBA. Them people taught me how to do accounting and finance, and I'm still bad at this shit, so don't take my word for it. I don't really know. I just want to let y'all know that they are here pretending to be a, a damn dynamic duo and let y'all know that Minka Kelly still can't act. No, okay, let me stop. Okay, I'm just playing. Don't write, don't, child, don't try to cancel me. Minka Kelly can act. Minka Kelly can't act i'm sorry tim drake now i thought we'd get a lot more tim drake than we got he was only really in the first episode but i'm guessing the remaining episodes will be pretty tim drake heavy since you know i guess batman go find him at some point or maybe uh child what's the damn boy name uh maybe dick grayson will find him at some point i don't know I, I'm, you know, there's a lot of question marks right now, but I love the question marks. It means that we've got a lot of directions to go in. We've got a lot of storylines. We've got a lot of holes that we can possibly fill. I'm excited about it. Of course, Anna Diop, a.k.a. Starfire, still the most beautiful woman on TV. Don't argue with me. Argue with your mammy, okay? 
Still the most beautiful woman. I love that character so much. I feel like she's a like, kind of a universal fan favorite from what I see on social media. So I'm excited to see, you know, her progression this season. I'm excited to see Damaris Lewis come in too, Blackfire. I I love her as an actress. I love both of these women, actually. And I'm excited to see because I think she's supposed to be the primary villain this season. And I love to see it. That is what I'm looking forward to most this season. She hasn't popped up yet. Oh, wait a minute. She might have popped up, actually. Child, I'd be lying sometimes. I think she actually did pop up for a second pretending to be somebody else. But we haven't really getting, gotten to see her interact, you know, interact, interact with the rest of the Titans. So we just going to pretend like she hasn't been there at all yet, okay? Um, I think that's... Barbara Gordon's there. Barbara Gordon is just kind of like the, you know, the the go-between right now. I think we'll, I'm guessing they're going to flush out Barbara a little more and tell us what kind of role they want her in. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what their plans for Barbara Gordon were. Obviously it's a little different from the story in comics, obviously, but you know, we'll see what we'll see how this goes. And I'm excited. Everybody watch Titans with me. I'll be back next week with a full episode four review after my full episode three of what if review, but you know what? Let's actually just go ahead and get into this amazing episode of What If. We, of course, start the episode off with a little taste from the watcher who poses the question, is your destiny determined by your nature or by the nature of your world? Which we know is a very valid question from this episode because we see T'Challa's story as Star-Lord and Peter Quill's story as Star-Lord. They're entirely different entities, entirely different entries into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, into the multiverse. The story starts out just like Peter Quill's story where T'Challa is going to get the orb, you know, that contains one of the Infinity Stones on Morag, the abandoned planet. You know, we've seen this in the MCU before. And he's caught by Karath, played by uh, Kimora Lee Simmons' ex-husband, <laughs> and two other Kree warriors. The difference is, when T'Challa reveals himself, Karath recognizes him immediately and says that he's a huge fan. Stark difference from our MCU timeline, where them people didn't know who the hell Peter Quill was. I love that T'Challa says, you know, he wasn't expecting that because it's kind of a slight nod to the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie where Peter basically wasn't recognized. You know, he was disappointed that they didn't recognize him. You know, he had given himself all these titles and stuff and then people didn't know who the hell he was. It's funny how different Karath is in this story because he's basically like fanboying over T'Challa, but basically says, you know, I got to take you out. I got to take that from you because Ronan the Recuser sucks Major Wien <laughs> and is actually excited to fight T'Challa. It'll be the honor of my life, as he says. Child, T'Challa's ass embarrasses the fuck out of Karath in this battle and ends up making Karath punch the damn force field that the, uh, the Infinity Stone or the orb was actually in to begin with. When the other Kree warriors attack, we actually see T'Challa use the same technology that Peter Quill uses against him in the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Side note, I love that like during this whole exchange between these two, 
Karath says a line like, should I bow? <laughs> because it's kind of a nod to Infinity War. You remember when Bruce Banner and all the guys came, you know, Cap told them he knows exactly where they can go to get ready for this big battle. Or, you know, to basically remove the uh, the Mind Stone from Vision. And they arrived there in Wakanda and Bruce Banner actually bowed because <laughs> Rhodey told him to. But, you know, T'Challa was like, boy, we don't do that shit here. It's kind of the same thing. He's because he tells him in this episode, oh, no, please don't do that for me. So it kind of shows that regardless, T'Challa is basically the same guy. He's still this. He was born to be king, basically. He's always had this humbleness about him. Stark difference from us watching uh, the Star Lord that we know, Peter Quill, and his whole life being centered around boobs and booze and child thievery and everything else that he's known for in that damn movie. When he goes outside, he takes Karath with him and plans on making him a revenger. You know, basically, you know, we got a new recruit. Okay. He's greeted by multiple uh, of Ronin's warriors or Kree out there and said that he's not worried because quote unquote, a ravager never flies solo. Yondu missed the damn cue, so he had to say it all over again. And finally, Yondu brings out that damn Yaka arrow, which is that little weapon that, you know, Yondu keeps on his hip to kill people like whenever he whistles. It flies around all over the place and it kills everybody on sight. Yondu references the old days and how they wouldn't have sold the Infinity Stone and, you know, or the old orb to the highest bidder. This kind of sets up the episode for us because the, the Ravagers are an entirely different type of crew because they abducted T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. T'Challa says, would you rather use it to jumpstart the, what was it, the Krillorians dying star to save their entire system from extinction? It kind of shows us that the Ravagers actually do good nowadays instead of basically being space pirates, for lack of a better word. He even says no treasure is worth the good you can do for others. See, I feel y'all, okay? New Ravagers, new Monica. See, I love it. All new people, all thanks to T'Challa. We love to see it. They take off in the spaceship, and this is when the Watcher takes us back to Earth in 1988 in Wakanda. T'Challa is tired, you know, he's tired of living in this kind of bubble that he's in but T'Chaka his dad is convincing him that he really isn't missing out on the thing let me tell y'all something he ain't lying okay he is not lying ain't nothing but murder murder and what else the Brazilian butt lifts that's all there is outside of Wakanda nothing else I mean you missing crab legs but I'm sure y'all got crab legs y'all Atlantis is you know right underneath y'all so I'm sure y'all got crab legs that's all you missing murder and Brazilian butt lifts. That's it. You ain't missing a damn thing. The only thing you might be missing is maybe Beyonce. But I'm sure if you convinced her, you know, hard enough to come, she'll come to Wakanda. I, the Carters strike me as a family that would love to live in Wakanda for the rest of their lives and not do anything. Hell, y'all know Kanye West think it's a real place anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll all go and they'll do Watch the Throne too. And you know what? I'm getting beside myself. What's funny is... This mindset that T'Chaka has is essentially the one that T'Challa has in Black Panther, the one that pretty much puts him at odds with Killmonger. We see T'Challa at night practicing throwing a spear, and he goes outside of the Wakanda, basically force field, and is abducted by the Ravagers, who are looking for the son of Ego, 
who we know as a celestial and who we've seen in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. See, that's John Walker daddy, okay? That's uh Chad, what's the man's name? Ru not Russell Crowe. What's his name? <laughs> Kurt Russell, that's it. That's Kurt Russell. Wide Russell daddy. So that's John Walker daddy. See, if they were smart, they would have did an episode about that. What if they had abducted John Walker instead, then had them, you know what, Marvel, I'm giving y'all too many free ideas on this damn podcast. Let me not do that. Here is where we basically see the Nexus event of the episode. Now, remember, in Loki, a Nexus event is when something happens that isn't supposed to happen, and it creates like a branch timeline or branch reality, whatever. In episode one, this is when Peggy Carter decided to stay on the floor downstairs instead of going upstairs to view the experiment. In this episode, Yondu lets some of his goons go fetch Ego's son instead of just doing it himself. Child, they find the first thing they can with, quote-unquote, two sea holes two hear holes, meaning two ears and two eyes, and one eat hole, meaning a mouth, by that explanation, you picking up anybody except Nick Fury's one-eyed ass, basically, and you might even just get him because this is 1988 before the flurkin scratches his out of hell. Child, they thought they had to be the right one because of the meter going off the chains and off the charts and everything, but, you know, in actuality, they're just picking up vibranium, nothing special, you know, just, just a little piece of vibranium, that's all. Yondu agrees after uh, hearing T'Challa talk, he agrees to kind of show him around to all of the different worlds that are out there. And thus our story begins once again. It's now 20 years later and T'Challa and the Ravagers are celebrating another successful mission. And their newest recruit, Karath, is asking about all types of missions. We even get a scroll reference, which, you know, we know are starting to pop up more and more in the MCU movies. Thanks to Captain Marvel. This is when we get a huge surprise and get to see a character return, but extremely different, extremely different. Karath acts about the time that they armed the, what is it, the Ankara's resistance? I don't know. Your child, you know all these damn big ass words. They, uh, the time that they completed a mission, and this makes him ask, how exactly did you stop the mad Titan Thanos from decimating half of the universe. Child, Thanos' blue-black ass walks up friendly as hell and says, I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong. T'Challa showed me that there's more than one way to reallocate the universe's resources. And T'Challa lets them know that he simply reasoned with Thanos. See, that goes to show you how special T'Challa is right there. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Damn it, I love that man. This is really kind of pointing out to us just how different this version of Star-Lord actually is. Someone reasoning with Thanos, that, remember, Thanos is inevitable. So maybe at some point, you know, he'll still go after his plan, but as of right now, he's rational. He's a rational human being, in our sense of the word, at least. I don't know. <laughs> that man says... Aye, aye, Commander, and that he still thinks that his genocidal plan is, you know, isn't without merit. Who, not aye, aye, Commander. You know what? <laughs> this this version of Thanos kind of freaks me out. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of funny that we actually get to see him interact with T'Challa so much because remember Peter Quill, his only interaction with Thanos 
was basically a couple of different confrontations, all of which he basically got his ass pushed in. So, yeah, two very different outcomes and two very different Thanoses because of it. T'Challa walks over to the bar and we get yet another cameo and it's Drax the Destroyer, except he's a bartender. And I don't think he's been destroying anything, actually. <laughs> this scene kind of fleshes out for the viewer that this Star-Lord variant, you know I was going to use that word, is basically famous and known for all of his heroic efforts, while most people don't even know who the hell Peter Quill is. Remember, in the first Guardians movie, the arresting officers in the Nova Corps couldn't even remember his name, Star-Lord. I think they called him Star Prince. <laughs> and when they did arrest him, they introduced him as, you know, they were like, Peter James Quill. He's actually known as Star-Lord. And somebody asked, who calls him that? And the guy responded, himself mostly. See, <laughs> big difference, my friends, big difference. Drax shocks us all after ranting and raving about T'Challa when he says, let's take a picture for my wife and daughter. Obviously, this too is intentional because we find out that, you know, we know that Ronan killed his wife and daughter in Guardians of the Galaxy. So him actually referencing them is just going to show us just how different this world really is. We see he's still a very blunt personality, though. You know, like most people on Kalos, you know, it. Oh, boy. Remember, they don't understand sarcasm or euphemisms because he tells T'Challa, how bad he looks in that damn picture. They take the picture. He's like, I look great. You look terrible. Let's take another one. So this is pretty much showing us that his personality, I guess, is the same or reminiscent of that. Or maybe it's just showing us that, you know, Kylos, they all got the same kind of personality. No sarcasm, no euphemisms, straight blunt to the point. So maybe he's just telling us that he's still from there. I don't know. I can't really say. That's when someone says he looks pretty good. And we actually see a blue woman with a nasty wig on, a nasty wig. She's serving us like Jessica Rabbit, but blonde, okay? The hair is covering the eye at first. She's giving us a Leah, a blonde, a Leah, okay, a blue blonde, a Leah, okay. And she moves it out of the way. And that's when we realize, if you didn't recognize the voice already, that it's Nebula, a.k.a. Gamora's sister, a.k.a. Thanos' daughter, a.k.a. stuck on the ship with Tony Stark at the beginning of Endgame. They move to a different location, and they chat about Thanos and that orb with the Infinity Stone and how Thanos gardens now. <laughs> See, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is a sign that Thanos really is changed, because remember, his ultimate plan was to wipe out half of the universe, then retire to his own planet and garden. She notices the Wakanda necklace he's wearing and she asks if he ever plans on going back. And this is when we find out that supposedly Wakanda has been destroyed. See, Yondu told him this because he attempted to return him to Earth, supposedly again. Child, y'all know Yondu ass be lying. The necklace is actually another little like Easter egg for us because this is his one thing from home. Remember, he hasn't been home, but he had his one thing from home that he cannot be without. Just like Peter Quill used to cling to that damn Walkman. Now, Nebula actually presents the plan 
you know, she has for our heroes and basically kind of set up the episode. She tells the Ravagers about the Embers of Genesis. No, it's not from Marvel Comics, at least that I don't remember. I couldn't find. I think this is specifically for this episode of What If. She tells the Revengers, the Ravagers, about not the Revengers, child. That's a damn uh, Hulk and, and Thor and uh, uh, child. What's the girl name? Uh, y'all know who I'm talking about. Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Valkyrie. Good Lord. She tells them about the embers of Genesis and how if you could have, you know, one ounce of them on your planet, you could heal the entire planet's ecosystem. And the size she wants to steal would allow them to, like, end hunger on millions of planets across the galaxy. When they ask who the target is, basically meaning, you know, who we go Robin Hood this shit from, you know, who we go take, what rich person we taking from to give to, you know, my cousins and sisters and things. It's Tanalir, ooh, how do you say his name? Tanalir Tivin, Tavin, Tyvin, I don't know. Tanalir Tavin, I don't know. AKA the collector. I'm gonna call him the collector, okay? Cause that's what I know him as. Child, actually, let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna make a quick confession. I get the broker, the collector, and the grandmaster confused a lot. I'm not going to lie. I thought they were all one person for the longest time because they looked so much alike and have collected like they got similar names to me, in my opinion. Listen, you know, Marvel sometimes will combine some characters like we saw with uh, uh, Jonathan Majors when he was he who remains, but he was also Kane the Conqueror or Immortus. I don't know. But, you know, they kind of wrote they. He who remains was his own person, but then he kind of got pushed into this narrative. So I don't know. I I thought they were, you know, doing some shit here. I don't know, but I child, it don't matter. We find out that apparently the collector, since Thanos, you know, went straight, he's not the big threat in the universe here, is like the biggest underground kingpin in the universe, and he's ruthless too. Yondu is against this plan, but T'Challa actually convinced him. You know, he's basically his son after all, and he's told us many a times he can't say no to his boy. Now we get to the bank robbery comedy movie style setup where they reveal their whole, like, kind of plan of action. They talk about where his things, you know, are housed, and it's on a planet or museum that's basically a floating giant ancient celestial head the planet they're referring to of course is nowhere see remember in infinity war that's where thanos showed his like whole ass and where peter quill was supposed to kill thanos because he had gamora and yada 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 y'all know the scene i'm talking about thanos chimes in and said that the black order is doing security for the collector now once again remember those are his cronies in the MCU movies. See, think about the character from like Doctor Strange or the one that from Infinity War that Doctor Strange and Iron Man teamed up on and sent floating into space on that big ass spaceship. Obviously, they needed some coins because Thanos abandoned their asses. <laughs> Nebula and Yondu are going to pose as sellers, but it'll be like a, a Helen of Troy type ambush with T'Challa on the inside of the crate instead of the actual orb. They'll do a security scan. It's actually Proxima Midnight that's at the security desk. But Karath will cause a distraction and a riot out there in town, and they'll basically have to go get him because she'll have to go handle it. 
That's when T'Challa will get out and they'll go look for the embers of Genesis. They get back to the collector and soon after Proxima Midnight realizes that it's a trap, she sounds the alarms. Meanwhile, T'Challa is coming across all types of people and uh, objects and weapons in the collection and he comes across Howard the Duck who is drunk boots, by the way, just like he is all the time, just like I was this past weekend, mind your business. He asks him for directions, and after he rambles, T'Challa just frees him and asks for a tour. Now, see, y'all know Howard the Duck. Y'all know him from other MCU movies briefly. You know, he was actually in the, I think, the post credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie. And from his own movie back in the 80s. And from his own video game. And from his own line of Marvel Comics. He's one of like the best nods to diehard Marvel fans. Because he's always so damn unexpected. When the alarms start blaring. T'Challa leaves Howard's drunk ass at the bar. And runs and ends up finding a Wakandan ship. Which by the way is named Mandela. Okay. You better get into it. Goes and finds a ship and actually finds a message from his father inside, Baba. And he sees that they've been actively looking for him. Wakanda was not destroyed. I repeat, Wakanda was not destroyed. Nebula comes in, and child, once again, crisscross. She makes another big movie double cross. Once they're all locked up together, T'Challa actually confronts Yondu, and Yondu says, you're just like me. I gotta lie sometimes. Y'all know that's my damn motto, too. Look, I be lying sometimes, okay? I don't mean to, but hell, it just happened, okay? They knock T'Challa out, and he's taken to the collector. He wanted to add him to his collection, but he finds out that T'Challa really doesn't have any kind of extraordinary abilities. Like, you know, he was thinking he was going to be like Captain Marvel shooting lasers at his head. Well, not lasers. You know what I mean. Listen, I ain't got time to explain Captain Marvel power to y'all, okay? (laughs) That's a photon blast. There you go. You know, he's thinking that he's going to have a lot of uh, external powers that he can use internally. Something mind control, but he doesn't have any of that. T'Challa gives the best line of the episode after the collector says that he wants him to stay in the cage. And T'Challa says, history has never looked kindly on those who lock men in cages. I know that's right. We see the collector's servant. uh, Oh, what's her name? I think her name. Hold on. Let me think about it. I think her name is Sarita, maybe. I don't know. Something like Karina, Sarita, child, somebody. You know who I'm talking about, shit. We see her basically realizing that T'Challa is preaching some cold shit, okay? He preaching some good stuff. She wants to attend his church, okay? She wants to be sitting in the front pew of whatever congregation he's over, you dig? We cut to Nebula, once again double-crossing, and revealing that this was the plan all along and that T'Challa insisted. She had already told him that, you know, the collector was basically after him, after him specifically. He is Star-Lord after all. She rescues the Ravagers, revealed that she's already gotten the embers of Genesis, and they plan to get the hell up out of there, okay? T'Challa, they're like, look, he he said he got it. We about to get the hell out of here, okay? T'Challa uses his necklace and breaks out of whatever the, the prism is that the collector is keeping him in. He breaks out of it, but Ebony Maw you know, who we saw heavily in Infinity War, one of the uh, Black Order, 
says that, you know, he basically uses his power to stop T'Challa. His, you know, it's hard to describe his power, but, you know, he was in Infinity War. Remember, he was throwing trees with his mind at uh, Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. So basically using those kind of powers here. Uses those to stop him, but the servant actually basically shoots the hell out of Ebony Maw and frees T'Challa. T'Challa goes to find and fight the Collector, and the Collector is actually wearing an arm of a Cronin. Now, what's a Cronin, you ask? It's basically the people of, if you remember Thor Ragnarok, Korg. See, Korg, you know, he had those, like, big rock-like body, arm, everything. The arm should actually kind of look familiar, because as soon as I saw it, I thought about Korg. This scene is actually everything, everything, no, because there are so many Easter eggs everywhere, the background and in the forefront. First, he pulls out a dagger that he says was taken from the ruler of the Dark Elves. Now, some of y'all might not know who that is, so let me just quickly tell you. That's Malekith the Accursed, a.k.a. the villain from Thor Dark World, which, if you're like me, you rarely ever watch that damn movie, okay? <laughs> when he gets bored with that one, he puts on Hela's helmet. That Asgardian goddess of death, aka Thor's evil sister from Ragnarok, you know. He's throwing around, like, you know, her necrosword, and it's just, wow, it's a lot. For Marvel fans everywhere, it's a lot going on in the scene. We're recognizing uh, Captain America's shield in the back, Molnir from it's a lot of Thor references in here for this to be a, an Asgardian movie, but maybe, well, not Asgardian movie, but, you know, a, a Guardians of the Galaxy, basically, role-play, cosplaying movie. But maybe, I don't know, maybe we're getting some love and thunder in here. I don't know, it's a lot of Thor references, though. T'Challa is dodging all of it, but then, of course, he gets hit by a dagger. We see Proxima Midnight chasing the Ravagers, but Thanos knocks her ass clean out, then goes to take on an entire fleet of warriors himself. He whoops all of them pretty easily, but then he gets into a battle with the Dark Order. First, Black Dwarf appears, you know, fighting them, Thanos is handling his own, you know, that ain't nothing to a boss, you know, but then Proxima Midnight comes from behind, and now he has to fight two of them at the same time. We cut back to T'Challa, and we see that Yondu has actually come to the rescue. Nebula also goes to rescue Thanos, and uses some of the embers of Genesis, and throws them at Black Dwarf, and all types of branches and all kind of stuff comes out, and I mean, she threw like specks at him, threw him at him and all um, big huge branches came out so when they say that this little bit can actually restore an ecosystem they mean it meanwhile Yondu and T'Challa are both getting their whole asses whooped until they finally get the the bracelet off of his arm by bracelet you know what I mean the thing he uses to control the entire uh, museum of his collection they give it to Karina that was her name Karina the servant and she basically releases everyone from their captivity and they all join together to whoop the collector's ass. They jump in Mandela, a.k.a. the Wakandan ship, and zoom, 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 zoom. Ooh, chat, let me not sing Boosie, uh, canceled ass. Yondu is about to apologize to T'Challa, but T'Challa interrupts him and says that he's the one that wanted, you know, basically travel the the galaxy he wanted to travel everywhere 
After a heartfelt superhero speech, they return to Wakanda for the first time in years and are reunited with Mbaba, a.k.a. his father. Child, Angela Bassett didn't get no love. They, she didn't have no speaking lines or nothing. I know y'all lying. I know y'all fucking lying. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Y'all better come on and give uh, Tina Turner, Angela Bassett, her dues. Just had her standing in the background. Suckers. I love this ending scene, though, because we actually see everyone interacting with my favorite people. Y'all know the Dora Milaje. And I don't know if it's a Koye or Io or, you know, Nakia. I don't know who it is. But they're telling Thanos basically that his plan is genocide too. And I love that little, you know, I love that they're in on, in on the joke. It's, I love it. With the Watcher narrating, we actually get the last scene and it's Peter Quill, who wasn't taken by Yondu, remember? He's mopping up a Dairy Queen and he actually meets Ego, his father, biological father, for the first time. Child... I don't know if this means that Peter Quill is like some huge villain in this universe or what it is. I sure hate it though. See, in my eyes, Peter Quill and Chris Pratt are already the villains, okay? <laughs> hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high-quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for The Dip today. Y'all, I enjoyed the hell out of this episode of What If. I'm excited to talk about a full episode of Titans next week. Marvel and DC, they're giving me everything I need right now. I keep re-watching The Suicide Squad. I keep, you know, I'm watching Titans. I'm watching What If. I keep re-watching WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not Loki. I'm just playing. I love whatever. So, I'm, I'm having a good time right now. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. I might be back this week with an emergency episode, but who knows? But before I get out of here, I wanted to remind you guys, you know that me, Donnie, and Amanda, we have another podcast called Big Brother Breakfast Club, where we are covering this season of Big Brother. So make sure that you go over. We're now on Apple and Spotify. You know, at first we were just putting out episodes on whoever's podcast just to kind of cover it. But you guys really requested that we make this an official thing. So it's official. So Kendrick now has two podcasts going at one time, a clubhouse, Melanated Bravo. It's a lot going on, but, you know, we we getting it together, okay? Follow me on Instagram. Make sure you're keeping up with all the comings and goings. And I'll see you guys next time. See ya. through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat 
why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast. That's at realitycomics2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.